This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Last night, we witnessed a national outpouring of sympathy and grief in reaction to the mass shooting at a Quebec City mosque. We've learned more about the suspect, now considered to be a lone shooter. Alexandre Bissonnette reported to have alt-right, Islamophobic and misogynist views based on his Internet posts. What are the implications of that? In the interim, the House of Commons will hold an emergency debate on a response to Donald Trump's temporary ban on Muslims from seven countries entering the U.S. And that raises questions, too. Should we be debating and responding to what happens in another country? And will the tragic and terrible events in Quebec City have an impact on that outcome. We want to hear from you on your take on this. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And for some of the answers, we now turn to John Iveson, political columnist at the National Post. Hi, John. Hi, Libby. Wow. So uh, huge fallout. Uh, First of all, what do you see as the fallout from uh, what seems to be uh, the the facts about this uh, alleged shooter that he is alt-right and that's what inspired him? Well, I mean, you know, it's hard to separate what happened in Quebec City from from what's happening elsewhere. I mean, it seems to me that... that, uh, you can't blame Donald Trump particularly for this individual's actions, clearly, but the, the, uh, the environment in which he was operating has been made by people like Trump, by people like Kelly Leach, where, uh, you know, it was interesting to me that on his website he had a shot of a crusader. And um, just the previous day, Donald Trump had been talking about the number of, being, of Christians being killed in the Middle East. You know, th- this kind of irresponsible talk, I think, has, has created an environment where... Well, it's true that a huge number of Christians are being killed in the Middle East. That's not, that's not, I'm not disputing that, but I'm just saying that if you use that kind of rhetoric as the President of the United States, there has been a, an environment created where, where sensitivities are heightened and lines are being drawn, divisions are being created. And I think that the fallout from this is going to be that uh, in Canada, the, the government is trying to calm some of those divisions, smooth over some of those uh, the, the problems between different groups in society and express mass sympathy for, for, uh, for the shooting. And it was, it was interesting in Parliament yesterday that, you know, I think we still, there still is a Canadian consensus. Uh, it may be that the American consensus has been extinguished, but the Canadian consensus is burning brightly. And it operates within uh, broad parameters, and all the parties operated within those broad parameters yesterday. All the leaders of the parties more or less said the same message, and I think that um, it doesn't mean that they need to agree with each other, but they do operate within certain 
rules and guidelines. And I think that that has been lost elsewhere, and it was reiterated in Canada yesterday. Yeah, it was actually um, nice to see the way the politicians reacted. Uh, But one thing that has not been raised very much is the fact that, you know, we're a multicultural country, but Quebec seems to be a place that has the most difficulty with this and with what is called reasonable accommodation in a place like Quebec City. Most of the population is is much more homogeneous, say, than it would be a place like Toronto. And how much do you think was a factor? Well, I think that that, that is true, but let's not claim that uh, Quebec is a monopoly on mass shootings. I mean, we've, we saw that in northern Saskatchewan a year ago. Uh, we've seen it elsewhere in Canada. It's not exclusive to Quebec that you have these kinds of shootings, although obviously there have been a number of them. Um, I, I think there is a particular issue in Quebec. I mean, let's remember the last uh, provincial election campaign where the party Quebec, Quebecois was campaigning specifically on uh, more nativist sentiment in its in policy, um, to the extent where it was banning Sikhs from wearing uh, turbans playing soccer in, in, in Quebec. I mean, you know, it got to ridiculous stages, and but the electorate rejected it. You know, that, the, the, the Parti Québécois ran on that ticket and was trounced at the polls. So I, I don't accept the idea that. Uh, Quebecers are, by definition, more racist than anywhere else in the country. Well, I, w- I wasn't uh, suggesting, I wasn't using the word racist. No, no, but, I know you weren't, but but, yeah. the, but the idea being that uh, Quebec is more prone to to this type of thing, I, I, I'm not so sure about that. There, there are, clearly it's a more ho- uh, homogeneous society, and there are sensitivities around language that don't exist uh, generally elsewhere in the country, although they're obviously... And and frankly, I think there are sensitivities around religion there. Um, Quebecers in the last, oh, since the Quiet Revolution, have uh, largely uh, rejected their own religion, and and they uh, seem to take more offense at outward, uh, you know, expressions of religious symbols than than other people. No doubt about that. Again, I mean, I, I remember living in uh, the Saguenay uh, for a little while, and. Um, you know they were they prided themselves on their attitude towards sex and and laughed at the uptight Anglos. But if if there were ever any uh, swear words with religious connotations used, they were they were horrified. I mean there is a very deep ingrained sensibility to uh, to religion, even if it's been rejected, that people still feel. Oh, absolutely, uh, and totally absolutely. When there was the debate over religious symbols, like the great big cross, they don't consider that a religious yeah. symbol. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's it's a very different place. There's no doubt that the twin t- solitudes still exist. But I think, you, you know, you saw the outpourings of sympathy for uh, across Quebec City, across Montreal last night. I think that there is a it's 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 hard to generalize about how Quebecers feel about uh, immigrants. Well, I, I think, if anything, this this thing, I think, really shocked people. And um, had people take a pause and say, you know, uh, what is going on here? Right, absolutely. I mean, for, for one thing, um, there may be some uh, sensitivity around reasonable accommodation, but it's an extremely peaceful place, Quebec City. There was one murder last year. There were three the year before. So this is a complete anathema to, to that whole society. 
Um, yeah. Uh, do you think the fact that this terrible thing happened is going to change our response to the rest of what's going on in the world? As far as what the Trump government is doing? Um, well, we'll turn to that in a minute. But it, but as far as everything? Well, I think, it, it, you know, it was a debate that was happening elsewhere until Sunday night. You know, now it's much, much closer to home. And I think... Uh, uh, it's much more visceral, and I think there is, you know, as I said in a column today, I think there was a deep sense of discord in the country um, when people woke up on Monday morning. It's it's a, a sense of almost disbelief, and uh, uh, that we are really dragged right into this thing now. Well, yeah, and, I mean, uh, I think it for a lot of people, it kind of went against how we see ourselves as Canadians. Absolutely, and, absolutely. and nobody has, ha- I've not seen any reporting on where did he get the gun. That I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm reporting on what's happening on Parliament Hill. I haven't been on the, on the ground there, so I don't know where, where that gun came from. But yep. clearly, it was, it was a high-powered piece of machinery, and uh, probably should never have been in his hand. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I would like that question answered. Uh, John, uh, we're just going to take a call here from Phil in Scarborough. Hello, Phil. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. Sorry about that. <laughs> Good afternoon. Uh, I have a question. Like all, all Canada was in sympathy with the people in Quebec over this um, yes f- f- shooting, you know. But what I take exception to was that the premier of Quebec, when he was given his little talk, said that he sympathized with all the people in Canada and Quebec. I always thought Quebec was part of Canada, <laughs> you know. I mean, why would he make a differential between the rest of Canada and Quebec in this talk? This is what I was, This is more my objection to. You know. Well, well, uh, if if you've been uh, listening into my chat with uh, John Iverson, who's on the other line, and I I grew up in Quebec, it's a different place, and well, it definitely I... there there are two solitudes, and it has its own culture for sure. John, do you want to respond to Phil? Well, all I would say is that let's remember who votes for Philip Couillard, and they're all Quebecers, so, um, and some of them are, are quite nationalistic Quebecers. So uh, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that he would uh, refer to Quebecers and Canada. But let's remember, too, he's also a, a, a Federalist politician, so uh, he has that going for him. Yeah, and uh, people who are Quebec nationalists are not necessarily separatists uh phil but phil i hear you and i understand why that might have uh given you pause let's say well it it did to tell you the truth you know because i always thought quebec was part of canada you know well it is (laughs) i know it is but he didn't seem like it you know and that's what well i think i think he does think quebec is part of canada but but he would describe himself i think as a as a quebecer and then a canadian Okay. Okay. Well, I just thought it would give you my opinion. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Phil. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Okay. Uh, turning to the debate that is going to be happening later in Parliament, John, is this a, a debate that we should be having, uh, you know, about our response to something going on in another country? And another country uh, that is just, by the way, uh, uh, the elephant we're sleeping next to. Well, I think that whatever the U.S. government does, we, it has a knock-on effect, and there are, there's a potential knock-on effect, and we don't know this yet, but there's a potential knock-on effect on 
what it means for our refugees, for example. Um, we have a thing which is it's, it's about uh, it's called safe third country agreement with the U.S., where whereby we both agree that the other is safe, and therefore we do not transport refugees from one to the other. Well, there's now a call from the NDP to ditch this because they don't consider the U.S. safe for refugees anymore. Um, I think if the U.S. Inc- uh, makes its screening policies more stringent for refugees, then that would also have a knock-on effect for us. I think at the moment our national security advisor says that they're confident that our level of screening is, is adequate, but it may be that if they change theirs, then ours won't be. So so there are public policy implications. The, the, the government has already said it would offer temporary residence to uh, refugees who'd arrived in the U.S. and found that they were in limbo. So... We've already taken some steps that there will be the debate here will be about should we take more. The NDP is also calling for the number of um, privately sponsored refugees to be increased to pick up some of the slack that may may emerge. So there are, there are issues here, but I think that obviously the wider issue is that the uh, people were, were kind of tiptoeing around this yesterday because of the, the shooting, I think. But, but today, I think we're going to see the NDP coming out stronger, urging the prime minister to be more stringent in his criticism of the Trump uh, ban, um, because some conservatives might be critical too. The uh, liberals have got to be very careful, though, because uh, obviously you're dealing with a man as temperamentally unfit for government as Donald Trump. He takes, he believes that if you're not for him, you're against America. And I think the tweet that Justin Trudeau put out on Saturday, where he didn't overtly criticise Trump, but he did point out the differentiation with Canada and it was that tweet was picked up around the world by the BBC by Al Jazeera by the Wall Street Journal as being critical of Trump and it, and Trudeau was put in the window as being in the vanguard of Trump uh, opponents not a good place i don't think for a canadian prime minister to be well yeah you know up until uh that moment he seemed to be you know, very careful about what he said about Trump, and he seemed to be handling it in a way that would promote our interests, which are mostly trade. Right. And I think subsequent to that tweet, there was a a little bit of a, a rethink. And, and if you notice, when the immigration minister came out on Sunday in his press conference, he was very, very mute on any criticism. Um, he All he did was repeat Trudeau's line and defend the use of that tweet. But I think they... They sailed a little bit close to the wind. Um, uh, you know, I don't think it means we need to cower to the U.S. president or appease him, but I do think that um, Trudeau has found himself in a place where apparently Trump quite likes him. Trump likes famous, rich, good-looking people. Um, he's already indicated that Canada is going to be exempt from a border adjustment tax, that, uh, that they're not looking for a fight with Canada, even while they're picking fights with Mexico and China and just about everybody else, it seems. So not just from Canada's point of view, but from the world's point of view, I think it's a good idea that Justin Trudeau stays friends with Donald Trump as long as is possible. I mean, I I was in New York at the UN, and already the Chinese and others were coming to Trudeau as a, a potential interlocutor between themselves and the next U.S. president. Whoever it might be. Well, that's um, that's actually quite interesting. I've heard voices, though, saying basically, Canada, we are not the U.S. opposition, and we shouldn't act as such. Right. I mean, I think that they would. The government would argue it stands up for its own values and uh, has not been has not made comment on the policies of another country. 
particularly of, of its closest friend. Um, I think the Trudeau tweet sailed close to that, but it didn't cross that line. And they have been remarkably diplomatic ever since, and I think that's probably a good idea. Do you think that uh, our government will decide to take more refugees as a result of this and that it, it may perhaps be the result of some kind of uh, guilt or political correctness resulting from that shooting? Uh, I think that we may take more refugees, but I don't think it'll be because of the shooting. I think it's it, it's an act of humanity. I think it's uh, the, the government's quite sincere in its uh, talk about Canada being a welcoming home, about being uh, diversity being its strength. So I think that, there, that we probably will end up taking more refugees. I, I don't anticipate those numbers are going to be massively different. Um, but um, I don't suspect that it's as a result of the shooting. Okay, well, uh, let's take a call from Jody in Scarborough. Hi, Jody. Hi, Libby. Hi. Uh, I just had a comment. I mean, uh, the thing in Quebec certainly was horrific and a terrible, terrible thing. But my thinking is, Libby, why don't we learn from other countries that have been at this lot longer than we have? For example, France. They've had uh, immigration and a lot of it for much longer than we have from the Muslim world. I spent a couple of months there in the fall, and it's just horrific, the division there between the two cultures. Horrible, horrible thing. And you look at other countries as well. Now, Austria is, uh, has decided to ban the, um, the face covering. We're not getting involved with that country. We're not criticizing them or whatever. But when we take in people and we say we're accepting you as you are, and then a few years down the road say, oh, okay, now we're going to change this. You can't do this anymore. It's a takeaway. And that's what leads to all this frustration, anger, and hatred, and, and racism. Now, racism works both ways. It's not just uh, everybody against the Muslims. The Muslims give it back the other way as well. Well, you're, but, you're right that there are uh, places in Europe, in France, there are places uh, in Scandinavia that are basically no-go, uh, and uh, it's yeah. very difficult with that population. And, uh, John, do you think that Canada's... Uh, I'm sorry? That Canada's welcoming stance is going to prevent that from ever happening here? No, well, now we have apartment buildings that are uh, Muslim-only. Um, we, we bend our rules where... It, it, I think all people generally are good law-abiding law citizens, but some... Because of their beliefs or religion, it prohibits them from following the law. Um, John, do you have a response to that? Well, Can I, I give you an example? Just a sec, Jody. Okay. Let John respond. I, I, I traveled all over the country for the, in the election in the, the fall of 2015. And I went, you know, I went to Scarborough. I went to uh, Brampton and Mississauga and, and uh, Vancouver and, and, and right across the country, every big city in the country. And I don't see the problems that I mean. There, there will be pockets where where there are apartment blocks that are Muslim only. But I think that they're, compared to much of Europe, Canada has done a great job in integrating immigrants. And I, I think it's because we're still young at it compared to them. And um, uh, as I was saying about you know maybe we should rethink our laws when we're accepting another culture. Maybe we need to change our laws somehow in order to integrate their beliefs as well. Well, we have freedom of religion. I don't yes, know. Yes. Yeah, we have freedom of religion. But 
when I mean, you there, have there concerns that that some of the things that the government is doing are going to lead to Sharia law or blasphemy laws. Well, it's um, here. It's here now. Well, no, it's not. Ha- oh yeah, I have I have Muslim neighbors, and I'm so sad to say I have been in my house here in Scarborough for 47 years, and I've had a variety of different nationalities living in the community, and I am so saddened. I have a neighbor now that because of their beliefs, the husband will not look up at me or he will walk away if he sees me. The wife, she can only talk to me when he's not around. When he goes to work, she will come and, lovely lady, and, you know, we'll chat and so on. And she tells me a lot about their community. She is governed by Sharia law, as are all her relatives. Right, but it, in it, public, in it, public, we're not certainly not governed by... Not so there's no public. federal statute no. that is a Sharia law. Sharia law. No, no, but it's here, and that's the, you know... Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, mean, informally in the community, I'm sure it is, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, it's, as I say, if we could just learn from other countries so we don't add to the hatred and the resentment, just just look towards them and see which path they have taken, and maybe we can just tweak things a little bit better. Okay, Jody, thanks Thank for you. your call. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm going to give the numbers out again. We have just a few uh, minutes left in this conversation. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're talking about the fallout from the mass shooting at a Quebec City mosque. We now know that the suspect is considered to be a lone shooter, reported to have alt-right and Islamophobic views. Uh, We're wondering what the fallout from that will be. In the House of Commons, they're preparing to debate Donald Trump's temporary ban on Muslims from seven countries. And uh, we know that the NDP is going to want to uh, have Canada take in more refugees as a result. And uh, wondering what the result of that's going to be. Um, John, do you think that anything concrete, is there going to be some kind of decision after tonight's emergency debate? Well, <laughs> the emergency debates don't often produce immediate action. But, but in this one, the, the government may say uh, it's loosening some kind of, of statute. I don't foresee them um, making changes that the NDP want um, I think for them to renounce this uh, safe country status for the U.S. would be a real uh, safe third country agreement, it's called. If they were to renounce that, it it would essentially be saying that the U.S. is unsafe for refugees. I don't think the government of Canada is going to do that. But uh, but we may see some some ceilings lifted in in the numbers of private sponsors, uh, minor changes. But I think it's really more a symbolic debate rather than anything that's going to be practical. Uh huh. Okay. And uh, I, I mean, I I've heard um, members of all three parties, and they actually seem to agree on those things, including the conservatives. This is not a um, a, a really contentious debate. There's not uh, set sides in it. Um, uh, you know, some of the conservative leadership candidates, I'm sure, would like to to weigh in on it, and and. Uh, they're probably stronger in their in their beliefs, particularly Kelly Leach, than than many of the uh, the current leadership, the front bench of the Conservative Party, and it may be that she she gets involved this she's in the House. Now that would be that would be pretty interesting. But um, but at the moment, the Conservative Party is pretty much on side with where the government is on this. I think. Uh huh. And uh, do you just you've just mentioned Kelly Leach? Do you think this incident is is going to have an effect on her bid? 
I do. I think um, well more the the Trump ban than um, than the shooting. Um, I mean, it seems to me that if you're if you're proposing an extreme vetting policy, the way that the same as the one that Donald Trump's just brought in, you could point to this and say it didn't. Go, if you're a rival of Kelly Lee's, you can point it. Look, it didn't work out so well. So I think her her campaign has just taken on a, a major uh, a few jugs of water there. Okay, uh, we have time for uh, one more quick call uh, before we have to switch gears. Uh, so let us go to uh, Tracy in Norwood. Hi, Tracy. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? I'm not too bad. You're this on the is, air, go ahead. Yeah, I'm not prejudiced or biased against anybody. I don't care what color your skin is or what religion you feel or anything else. Don't misunderstand me. And I think what happened in Quebec is a dastardly. There's no, there's no good thing to say about any of it. But in defense of us, and it's not defensive for what they did, don't misunderstand me, the Muslims, I feel, are bringing on some of this animosity that we have in our country because they come to our country because they don't like what's going on in their country or they think it's better here or whatever their reasons, and that's fine. But now that they've come here, they're telling us that it's offensive to them that we say the prayer in school, that we say Christmas, that we put a Christmas tree up. We're not stopping them from their celebration. I don't think it's right for them to stop ours. And, I, and like I said, I think I think that that's what's causing a lot of the animosity when you hear people say, oh, I don't like Muslims. And I think that's why, and that's too bad, because the majority of them, I think, are great people, and they just live their life, and you live your life. But... It's, it's the old thing. It's the squeaky wheel gets the oil, and they're the ones that are being heard. And I think our government should stand up and say, hey, back up the trolley here. You have your religions, but we have ours. And this is done in, since the country was done. So that's really all I have to say. But I think that it's... Uh... Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that, Tracy. Thanks. Bye-bye. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I haven't heard of people saying we can't practice our religion, but I know there's a lot of political correctness around that. John, uh, we have to move on to another subject. Uh, thank you very much. Anything you want to leave us with? No, that's fine. I, I, I think I agree with your caller. If you come to this country, you should uh, you should uh, adopt its its customs and its, uh, uh, its traditions. And thankfully for me, that includes the bagpipes. So. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot for that, John. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.